today focusing on the fact that he is worthy of our praise. In fact, for a few weeks, we're going to focus our attention on worship and the value of it, practice even of worship. Today, I want to speak about the privilege of who Jesus is, what he's like, and why he is worthy of our praise. Worship expands our expectations to greater things. If we don't have someone like Jesus in our life to turn to, we could lose hope. All the challenges that we face, there's so much being said about California and the slide of quality of life in so many ways. And there's certainly an onslaught of those who aren't Jesus followers in a mindset of evil that can impact our world. It happens all around the world, but it seems like we see that increasing where we live here. And I hear a lot of conversation about wishing we could live somewhere else. And when I hear that, I feel stirred in my heart to think about this is a mission field. It's a beautiful opportunity for us. There may not be a better opportunity to live in California than right now as a person of faith and realize what Jesus can do. And when we worship him, he raises our expectation level for what is possible. Without him, we should get out of Dodge. With him, we press in. We go run to the battle and like, hey, this is beautiful. What can we do to love on people, to help them see how much God loves them? And as we worship Jesus, he raises our expectation that he can do things above and beyond, abundantly, far beyond what we could ask or think. That's what happens to me when I begin to focus my attention on him and get my thoughts off of all the other distractions. What does it mean to live with this expectation? For one, it's to look forward to something. When I worship Jesus, I'm looking forward to something. He is eternal. I'm gonna be with him forever. Worshiping him ties me, my heart to his in such a way that I realize this is temporary. It gives me perspective. We can walk through any trials that might come our way for the joy that is before us of being with him forever. He raises my expectation about something to look forward to. In a sense, we can draw an allegory to what it's like to be pregnant. When you're pregnant, there's something that's happening, something to look forward to. It's life-changing, transformational in so many ways. A pregnant person is waiting for that day, nine months, for that baby to come into the world, and you know that something incredible is coming. And we have that sense of being pregnant with expectation. I'm serving Jesus, worshiping him, and it causes me to feel like, wow, just wait. He's gonna do something amazing. He's gonna birth something beautiful and wonderful. And there can be multiple opportunities to see glorious things happen when we are worshiping Jesus. Our, we've had three children in our journey. The first, we were in Houston at the Houston Women's, Texas Women's Hospital. It was awesome experience. Our doctor was so friendly and helpful. My wife got an epidural in the birthing process and it was not that painful, he gave it to her even kind of early because he's like, hey, we can take you. He had a daughter that was pregnant and he's like, took my wife under his arm almost like a daughter. It was a really great experience. 
We thought that's just the way it was. Nathan was born. It was a fun experience. We're doing crossword puzzles while she's in hard labor because the epidural was in the... It was just a great environment where we were. Then we were in San Jose when Lane was born and we were in a different hospital and they didn't have the same care. And we were checked in believing that we would get the epidural. We didn't even go through the birthing classes that time. It's like, why bother? The epidural is amazing. And we get there and there's no doctor around and the nurses were coming and going and she's, labor's getting harder and the nurse, I'm saying to the nurse, we need to see a doctor. She'd like to get the epidural. Like, well, I don't know where the, it was like midnight early in the morning and there wasn't many people around. It's like, no, you need to get a doctor. And she comes through one more time and I'm getting urgent, like upset about it. And she's like, what do you want me to do? I said, here's what I want you to do. I will go with you, take you by the hand and we'll go find a doctor and we will bring a doctor back here. That's what I want you to do. It was really disturbing. And because my wife was not doing well with the pain of it all. And if that's happening, it's not gonna be well for me because I don't know what to do. She's not gonna ever wanna see me again. I was just trying to do my part, get a doctor. Finally, a doctor came and it was too late for the epidural. She had now progressed too far and so basically had Lane in natural childbirth and it, it was great because she's amazing, but it was tough because it was a totally different experience. But we still had the amazing joy. You can even endure that kind of turmoil and that kind of adversity for the product, for the victory that comes. When you're pregnant, something beautiful is gonna happen. The third one, Travis, was born here in Sacramento. And Kathy, she's 4'11". Travis, she was really big with him. And we didn't know till he was born, but he was nine pounds, 10 ounces. For, you know, the others were like 6'14", 7'13", and then 9'10". And this is not a good thing at that point for someone Kathy's size and we had another really challenging experience, almost went to Caesarean and walking through that, I can remember it fairly vividly and I'm trying to give her the breathing exercises and she's you know looking at me with hatred in her eyes and we got through it. And now we're lots of years down the road and it's fun to think about. This is what it's like to worship Jesus, is to know that it's like being pregnant. Something beautiful is going to happen, and even if it's painful, like we're going through some birthing pains, we're having some serious challenges right now. Hang in there. I remember her saying with Travis, I can't do this anymore, before he had come into this world. And I'm like, well, we don't have any options. This is like where we're at right now. I can't do this anymore. We don't have any options. Let's worship Jesus and see him get us through the pain and the trial. We're about to have an amazing birth of something glorious. I've got an expectation that he's gonna do that. That's what he does. He's gonna bring something beautiful out of adversity. We have something to look forward to. To look forward to the coming or occurrence of something is where we're at something beautiful, to consider something probable, likely, or certain. I have the sense in my heart something certain is coming, and it's beautiful. It's going to be amazing. 
What God wants to do as I worship him is raise my sense of hope and expectation that he's involved even in the mess of the season we're in and there's gonna be a miracle on the other side of this trial. And we get trials of all kinds. I've wondered at times walking through these days, I don't know completely how you discern clinical depression, but I've wondered if I'm in it some days. Like I feel down, I get discouraged, going through all kinds of emotional turmoil, trying to figure out how to live in the day in which we're living. Then I can come back to that place of worship and get my mind fixed on him. And all of a sudden the trials, and the trials are multiple, begin to not be my focus. I begin to focus on Jesus. I start to see something beautiful. I start to have a different sense of expectation. I can handle this birthing pain I'm going through right now because I can see that it's about to end and that Jesus is going to give me the proper result of the trial and the difficulty we're going through. He's going to do that for you. He's going to do that for me. When we worship Jesus, the awesome eternal one, we get a better view of what's coming. Hebrews 1 Verse one describes who we're worshiping. Long ago at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets, but in these last days he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He, Jesus, is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. Jesus, he is the greatest. The song we sang earlier today talked about that name. His name is like no other. His name, he's the one that says who made purification for sins. Purified us of our sins when we put our hope in him. No one else has done that, only Jesus. He's the only one that had the power to. Now he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. He's become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. He is the ruler. He's the king. He has secured our future. We're set to go because of him. 2 Corinthians 3:17. Now the Lord is the spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. When you and I connect our heart to Jesus, we find our freedom. Without that, we're bound up. And we all with unveiled face Beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. It's progressive. We are being changed. We are being transformed, becoming more like him from glory to glory. It's a beautiful thing. And if we have any setbacks, he's going to see us through that by the purification of his grace over our sins. And we're going to keep on becoming everything he wants. For this comes from the Lord who is the spirit. Why do I worship him? Because he has purified me of my sins. And he's transforming me to actually be more like him from glory to glory. I want to take on his likeness, his nature, his image. Nehemiah 9, 3, and they stood up in their place and read from the book of the law of the Lord their God 
for a quarter of the day. The children of Israel, they'd wandered. Now they're coming back. Let's get God's word. For another quarter of it, they made confession and worshiped the Lord their God. The word and worship, it's the, it's the pattern. It's what works for people who become children of God through what Jesus has done for us. We get the word in us and it leads us to worship, confess what we need to confess and worship him for his power to overcome all of our troubles and sins. Psalm 27, verse 13. I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord, be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. I'm gonna make that my confession. I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. He is a good God. Jesus is helpful to me in every way. I'm gonna wait for him. Psalm 66, verse one. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. There's a call to worship. Shout for joy. When we worship, it's joyful. When we worship, we're celebrating. I'm free. Thank you, Jesus, for the freedom you've given me. I feel it. I sense it. I've, the burden has been lifted. Sing the glory of his name. Give to him glorious praise. Say to God, how awesome are your deeds. So great is your power that your enemies come cringing to you. All the earth worships you and sings praises to you. They sing praises to your name. This is what the future holds. Everyone will sing praises to him. We are doing this in relationship to him by choice. Others are going to help understand how beautiful he is and how they can worship him too. That's what's going to change our city. That's what will change California is when we, the people of faith, worship Jesus with an open, pure, humble heart. And when we let his love shine through us, we're not condemning the people around us because we know we would be condemned without Jesus. We're saying, hey, we can be free and you can be free too. And we love on the people that need yet to experience his love. Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. That's a life verse right there to hold on to. Jeremiah 29, 11, get that in your thoughts. It's a good scripture verse to memorize. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare, not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. When I worship him, my expectation rises that this is going to be okay. He has victory for me. We are going to get birthed into something awesome, something amazing, something you can't even describe, something you don't even have words to express how beautiful it is what God can do for us. So I have the expectation of his unfailing love. Jeremiah 31, 3. I have loved you with an everlasting love, therefore I have continued my faithfulness to you. This is what God says to us. I have loved you with an everlasting love, therefore I have continued my faithfulness to you. I have the expectation of his unfailing love. If I get in a bad space, if you have stumbled, if somehow you get to a place of feeling like, man, I don't know if I can do this, remember, he's a God with unfailing love, everlasting love. 
Get that sense of it. He has continued his faithfulness to you. I have the expectation for his unfailing love that no matter what happens, he's going to be there for me and I'm coming running to him for his grace to cover me. He's always there. His faithfulness continues to me every day. Romans 8 verse 38 tells us how nothing can separate us from his love. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can separate us. Death, life, angels, rulers, things present to come, nor powers, height, depth, anything else in all creation, nothing can separate us from his love. There's all kinds of efforts to do that. The things that are going on around us can be very distracting and disillusioning. The enemy wants to lie to us and make us think somehow God is not for us. He always is. His word is sure. His word is secure. I want my mind to get right in how I think about him and how I worship him. And when I worship him from my heart, from in, the, in my spirit to his spirit, my expectation level rises of his unfailing love. His everlasting love is there for me. I have the expectation of daily mercy. Daily. Every day his mercy is new and fresh for me. Lamentations 3.22 tells us the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. His mercies are new every morning. It's a beautiful reality. Even on Monday, his mercies are new on Monday morning. Even when I'm not feeling it, his mercies are new every morning. He is faithful. He will never leave me, never forsake me. I can worship him because of who he is and it raises my expectations. I'm expecting daily mercy that he's going to be there for me in the day that I'm living. 2 Corinthians 12 and verse 9, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. I don't know if you process things this way. It's the way it works for me. When I'm reading God's word in a scripture like this, he makes things come alive in the moment we're in. You can read a scripture a hundred times in your lifetime. And many times in the rereading of it, it will be very fresh to you in the moment you're in. His word is living. And it applies to us where we're at. Our circumstances change, but his word never does. So I find myself in circumstances where like, man, this makes sense to me. I'm content that I feel weak. There's insults, hardships, persecutions, calamities. That's like real time right now. That stuff is happening. So we must be in a good place for when I am weak, then I'm strong. Now I confess, I'm not gonna let all this mess harm me and get me down. I'm gonna turn to Jesus. 
I feel weak, but Jesus, I'm turning to you, and in you, you're going to make me strong. And I can do this right now. I can stand in the midst of adversity because you're with me, and your mercies are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. It's real time for me to worship Jesus. Isn't to just put my head in the sand and go, hey, there's nothing wrong. No, there's a lot wrong, but there's more right. Jesus Christ is the living God. He's the savior of my sins. He's real time right now seeing me through. And when I feel weak, I'm in the right place to worship him because his strength comes to me. Maybe more in those moments than any other time. If I'm not feeling weak, I'm probably not calling out to him as much. When I'm needing it, I call out to him and his power comes. Isaiah 43, verse 1, But now thus says the Lord, He who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. He's going to be with us no matter what. So there's adversity. He didn't say, you'll never have trouble. He said, when you go through the waters, when the rivers overflow you, when you walk through the fire, there I'll be with you. You won't be consumed by it. You won't drown. You won't be burned up. I'm going to see you through it. I've got victory for you. My expectation is that a miracle is about to unfold. We've had so much adversity in these last number of months in our world. And the church and we, the people of faith, we're trying to figure it out. And it gets really confusing. And there's all kinds of things being said. And people don't know who to trust and who to turn to and all of that. Well, we should know. Jesus Turn to him. He's the source. He's the one who can be trusted. He's going to see us through. If you're troubled, if you're under it, if you feel overwhelmed, stand in your weakness and go, Jesus, I'm weak. Help me out here. His power will rush to you. Suddenly there will be a victory that he will bestow. I have the expectation of continuous grace. Continuous grace for the forgiveness of sin. He covers my sins. His continuous grace will flow to me. Continuous grace to become more like Jesus. It's grace that will take me from glory to glory. It's grace that will make me stronger in him. His continuous grace is transforming me from glory to glory. Continuous grace for the provision of my needs. He'll meet my needs by his riches. He will meet your needs too. Continuous grace for endurance. Continuous grace for the vision, ability, and opportunity to help others. When we are overwhelmed, feeling so much is against us, it's maybe the best opportunity for us to say, God, give me grace to see new things, to dream new dreams, to see the hurting around me. What can I do to help them? Not to run from the trouble, but to run to it. It's like those first responders that have such courage that when adversity comes, you see them running to the trouble. What is that? 
There's something in them with vision, with expectation that I can help right now. That's what God has in store for us. Visions to see how can we help our community? How can we help the hurting? How can we make a difference in the day in which we're living? We're praying and asking and trusting God to show us. I'm still in conversations with leaders in our city about what we can do to ratchet up our ability to help the homeless. We're trying to figure it out. It's a journey, but we're in it and we're praying God at the same time, show us, reveal to us, what can we do? This isn't a place where we just need to come aside and hunker down. This is a place where we come aside to be built up so we can go out and change the world. We have a chance right now to do something glorious. His continuous grace will show us how to help others. Continuous grace for humility. Continuous grace for patience. Continuous grace to share the good news. Lord Jesus, we pray for your help today in our journey of faith. To trust you, to worship you, to find in worship an expectation of greater things to come. Show us your glory in these moments. If you need his grace to cover sins, this is a very critical, special opportunity right now to receive it. He purifies us of sins. Pray this prayer with me. Jesus, I believe in you and what you've done for me. Thank you for taking my sins, the penalty of it, on yourself. Thank you for dying on the cross for me, for being raised to life to overcome it all. Thank you for purchasing eternal life. I know I've sinned. I ask you to forgive me. I confess my wrongs, wash me and cleanse me, and I want to follow you. I want to take on your nature. I want to become like you. Help me to do that step by step. Thank you for that miracle of grace. In Jesus' name, amen.